Hey there, welcome to the Scripture Study Project, a fresh and faithful study of the scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you're learning to others. I'm Krista, and this is my... Husband is the <laughs> word that we use. You've been doing strange things before my name. I was trying to think of something funny. Too late. Adorable. <laughs> Handsome, witty, clever. All of those things. Yeah. Anyway, in this episode, we are studying how to take on big things. Perfect for the new year, as I'm sure many of you are taking on some big things, like maybe many of you, I'm sure, are doing some of one of our big New Year's resolutions, which is trying to diet and eat a little better and all those exciting things. We're just trying to die of the food that we're eating. <laughs> but today we're going to be studying not that type of taking on big things, but the important things and learning from the scriptures on how to do that. Yeah, we're in First Nephi 16 to 18. Uh, there's a lot of stories packed in here. This is uh, Nephi and Lehi, their family getting the Liahona. This is the broken bow experience. This is them building a ship and sailing to the promised land and brothers rebelling on the ship and the Liahona not working and all of that is in this block. And so we're going to focus just on a couple of things that help us to maybe take on some of these big New Year's resolutions that we have set for ourselves. So, And as we do, as Zach mentioned, all those things that um, are going on in these chapters, our study tip, um, it will be kind of represented as we go throughout. The study tip today is have a problem. Um, Nephi encounters a lot of problems throughout these chapters, and all of us have problems, whether they're big or small, they're different as we go throughout our lives, but how great it is to show God that we're going to Him, studying His Word and taking problems to Him, our problems can be answered through our scripture study. Yeah, a lot of times I think, at least I feel my scripture study goes up quite a bit when I'm... Um, when I'm real with God or real with the scriptures, when I take my vulnerabilities and my problems and I use the scriptures as a tool to help me understand what I should do different or what God expects more of me. And more than anything, we're, we're, we were, we're hoping to search the scriptures. And when we have a question or a problem, we're more eager to search for those things. Yeah, yeah. So as we looked through this, um, the rough outline of the story I mentioned before, but Nephi and his family are in the wilderness. Um, this isn't their ultimate destination. Though they've been here for quite a while, there's this hanging promise of a new promised land, and they've yet to reach it. Um, and so one day they wake up, and out in front of the tent is this ball of curious workmanship. The word Liahona actually isn't used until Alma, the book of Alma, much later on in the Book of Mormon, but we know it's the Liahona. And it's this ball that directs them how they should go in the wilderness um, and will guide them eventually to the promised land that they're getting to. To do that, they're going to have to cross an ocean. Nephi is the one that's commanded to build a ship. They get on the ship, they board, they sail across the ocean. So that's the story. But our question was, with this being the new year, um, how does Nephi 
do some of these big things? What lessons can we learn from what he's doing in these chapters to accomplish um, the things the Lord has asked of him? And how does that apply to us and maybe some of the big things that we want to try and take on this year? And as we studied, we came up with three points. And it was interesting because we, we studied separately. Um, but as we talked about the things that we had found, these three points seemed to be the same for both of us, even though we looked in different locations, different verses, and um, they kind of whittled down to these three. So if you've got scriptures and you want to go along with us, we're starting in 1 Nephi 16. Uh, Nephi and his family have the Liahona, and there's three verses that I really like about the Liahona. This is verses 28, 29, and 30. Uh, and we're going to start in the middle, verse 29. In fact, we're going to start at the end of verse 29 because I kind of think that this is the crux of the whole story. Um, after Nephi is done describing what the Liahona can do and how it works, he just says simply, Thus we see that by small means the Lord can bring about great things. Now, of course, in this chapter, he's talking about the Liahona, but in the next chapter, Nephi is tasked with building this giant ship, and his brothers, of course, mock him for doing it. And he gives them this super long sermon, which is wonderful. But at the very end of it, he says, this is chapter 17, verse 50. I said unto them, if God had commanded me to do all things, I could do them. If he should say unto me that I should, if he should command me that I should say unto the water, be thou earth, it should be earth. And if I should say it, it would be done. And now if the Lord has such great power and has wrought so many miracles among the children of men, how is it that he cannot instruct me that I should build a ship? So if chapter 16 is about the Liahona being the small thing that brings about great things, chapter 17 is about this small one man through whom God can do great, incredible things. Which, don't we all feel like that small person. Yeah. I mean, especially when we're when we're thinking of these goals that we want to accomplish or things we want to do, we can feel really small. Especially when it's February 1st and you failed at all of them. <laughs> exactly. I love this quote that we found from, this is from just last general conference from Elder Pingree. He says, some of us question whether Heavenly Father can use us to make important contributions. But remember, he has always used ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. We are agents, and the power is in us to bring to pass much righteousness. And then he quotes President Nelson, The Lord has more in mind for you than you have in mind for yourself. You have been reserved and preserved for this time and place. The Lord needs you to change the world. As you accept and follow his will for you, you will find yourself accomplishing the impossible. And I think the important thing to look at as we, especially as we focus on these quotes and as we're looking at Nephi, Nephi has big things to accomplish that God is telling him to do because he's seeking God. And here, President Nelson reemphasizes that. As you accept and follow his will, you will find yourself accomplishing great things. That with God, you, you can be small, but he has great plans and he will show us how to get to those great things. Kind of changes the way that you set your New Year's resolutions because I think it's a common mantra for people to say or to set resolutions of great things that they're going to do. Um, but this seems to change it where instead of saying, look what I can do or look what I'm going to do, it becomes, look what God is going to do through me. 
Um, my resolutions over the last couple of years, ours have um, over the last couple of years, become a really prayerful opportunity where we we try and and this isn't to put us on a pedestal, but just by way of experience, um, we really try and find out what it is that God wants us to do for this upcoming year. And and I found a lot of peace and comfort in approaching resolutions that way. And I think this truth that God can do great things through us helps us to have that perspective. And just applying the scriptures. I mean, that's what the scriptures teach us here. And I think that's just our experience that that truly does work. Yeah. There's another implication from this one verse, from this first point that I really like. Uh, not only do we need to believe that we, although small, can do great things, but great things are done by doing small things. Um, I've been fascinated with what is called the Pareto Principle, um, or more commonly known as the 80-20 rule. It's named after, I think it's an Italian guy, that in his survey of Italian landowner, landowners finds out that 80% of the land is owned by 20% of the nobles. And as he goes into his own garden, he sees that 80% of the peas from his pea plants come from 20% of the plants. And so he just postulates that that's a, a general principle. And people have taken that and expanded it. It's found everywhere in business now, the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of your problems come from 20% of your people or from 20% of your activities or from 20% of your defects. And the reverse is also true, that 80% of your success or 80% of your income comes from 20%. As you're looking at New Year's resolutions or any kind of goal setting, a lot of times we want to set big goals. We want to set lots of goals. Um, if we want to make a big change, it feels like we have to um, make lots of big changes. And I think maybe this one principle shows that the reverse might be true. If you want to make a big change, maybe it's just finding the one or two small things that if you changed those one or two small things or added those one or two small things or took them out, would make an 80% difference in your life. Uh, a quote that I always go back to a lot is President Eyring that talks about how um, some of the biggest changes are made by making small changes to things we do very often. And so I like that as a as an application at this point, as you're setting your goals and resolutions, what are the what are the twenty percent goals that you're going to set that that are going to make the eighty percent differences? Yeah, the small things. Yeah, I like I like thinking of it in the percentages. Yeah. Kind of helps you see it better. I like that. Uh, the next verse is chapter sixteen, verse thirty, the one right after it. Um, the Leahona directs Nephi to go up the mountain. He's on a hunt for food, and so he goes up the mountain and up the mountain he finds food. In the next chapter, chapter 17, Nephi is called to go up the mountain to get instructions on how to build the ship. And in the chapter after that, uh, this is verse 3 in chapter 18, he says he goes up the mountain oft. The second principle that we kind of found from this was because Nephi knows that this big thing to accomplish isn't his idea but God's, he sees the necessity to go up the mountain or to go to a place where God can teach him constantly and repeatedly. He's always getting these instructions on how to do what it is that God wants him to do. And that was one of my favorite things, I think, as we, as we watched what Nephi was doing and kind of likened that to ourselves, was just that of how often he was searching 
was going to the mountains to pray. But I just noticed that in um, verse 7 of chapter 17, he says, They had been in, in Bountiful for the space of many days, and the voice of the Lord came unto me, saying, Arise and go thee unto the mountain. And it came to pass that I arose and went to the mountain, and there he prayed again. The part that I loved here was, as he was there in Bountiful, not at the mountain, the Lord was talking to him. I just think that that proved how much of a constant communication that he had between God, not only at the mountain when he went to maybe his higher place or maybe his meditation place or a, a private place, but that he was so in tune with the Spirit and what God was saying to him that he was ready to receive answers. And even when God told him, this is going to take a little more instruction, you're going to need to go somewhere mm -hmm. private. Um, I think that shows how much he was seeking to get that inspiration and how close he was. We both kind of found this too. Uh, the verse I found it in is in 18 verse 3. After Nephi says that he's going up the mountain, or at, before verse 3, where he says he's going up the mountain often, verse 2 he says, I worked the timbers of this ship after the manner which was which I did not work the timbers after the manner which was learned by men. Neither did I build the ship after the manner of men. I did build it after the manner which the Lord had shown unto me. He's going up the mountain repeatedly, and as he's going up, the Lord is telling him how to do this big thing in the way the Lord wants it to do it, wants him to do it. Um, as we seek to accomplish these big goals that we're setting for ourselves, if we're prayerful about what it is that God wants us to do, we probably should be equally as prayerful about how it is God wants us to do them. Yeah, and I have often, in the last couple of weeks, I read this in a book and have been pondering this scripture um, in Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's in Isaiah chapter 55. How great is it to think, I mean, Nephi on his own would have never thought how to build tools, even how to build a boat, yet he was He, he was lives ready. in the desert, right? Yeah. <laughs> not going to build a ship in the desert. He's not an accomplished ship and builder. And he says that, you know, he built it not after the manner of men because, and that, I think when we start to think of our goals in a different ways and be ready for God to give us those different means to get to those goals, um, I think we're in a good place. That's what he's trying to tell us. The last verse is the first one listed in our three that we picked out. Um, this is back in chapter 16. We read 29 and we read 30. This is now back in 28. As Nephi looks at the, the Leahona, he notices that it works according to faith, diligence, and heed. And I had to pause real quick as I read this verse, and I always have to remind myself of what it is the Leahona actually is. Uh, it's this ball of curious workmanship. It has a couple of spindles in it. One of them points them the direction they should go, and they don't talk about the other spindles or if they all point that way. But we tend to focus a lot on these spindles, um, which is wonderful because this is verse 16. Those spindles not only give them directions on where they should go, but it leads them in the more fertile part of the wilderness. And I like the symbolism that this tool that's guiding Nephi and his family through the wilderness and to the promised land keeps them in the most fertile parts of the wilderness. Not only is it aiming at getting them to the promised land, but it's also helping the journey go better. 
And I like the symbolism that I think Nephi and, and God are setting up in that to show um, the great tools that are Leahona-like in our life, our scriptures, or our prophets, um, our, our general conferences, our leaders, our family, can help lead us in the more fertile parts of the wilderness. But the part that gets ignored in the Leahona all the time is this. This is verse 26. Came to pass that the voice of the Lord said unto him, Lehi, Look upon the ball, and behold the things which are written. And it came to pass that when my father beheld the things which were written on the ball, he did fear and tremble exceedingly. And also my brethren and the sons of Ishmael and our wives. We don't ever talk about the writings on the ball. But as I'm looking at it, I'm thinking that seems to be the most impactful part of the Liahona. The spindles point them where they should go, but it's this writing that makes Lehi and the rest of the family tremble and fear. And then Nephi explains in verse 29 that there was also written on the ball a new writing, which was plain to be read, which did give us understanding concerning the ways of the Lord. I think Nephi setting up this great symbol to show us how to get great things done, how to get the great things that God wants us to do done. And that is we rely on these little, simple liahonas in our lives that not only lead us to the promised land and keep us in the most fertile part of the wilderness, but that also teach us every day concerning the ways of the Lord, how he does things and how he feels about us and how he wants us to feel about others and how he wants us to live our lives. And here in verse 13, of chapter 17 he he shows us some of those um, those ways that we can show our our faith and our diligence and our trust and our effort um, Nephi says that the Lord says to him I will also be your light in the wilderness and I will prepare the way before you if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments and when we're talking about small things that we can do and things that we can follow, those basic commandments that we're, that we're asked to, to do, to me, represent those things. Um, and I just love that he says, I will be your light and I will prepare a way. I think that's exactly what we're talking about. He'll light the way, he'll prepare it for us. We're doing those, those basic things to get us to where he wants us to be. It's a fun idea to think of commandments as not just things we should do, but things that teach us about how who God is. Uh, pick a commandment and ask, you, ask yourself, what does that teach you about who God is? How does that commandment help you understand the ways of the Lord? One of my favorite quotes that's come up recently again is that talking about service is the quote, but I think it applies to more than just service, that Service isn't the thing that gets you into the celestial kingdom. Service is the very fiber of which, of which a celestial life is made. And I think the same could be said of prayer or study or honesty or uh, even the word of wisdom. These aren't just the ticket to heaven. This is the way that heavenly people live their lives. And so it's these little commandments, these little things that we do that help us not only get to the promised land, but help us understand who God is. So just to recap, small things lead to great things. Remember that even though you may feel small, God can do great things through you. And a lot of times that requires you doing small things. Go to the mountain often, go repeatedly, 
Go to a place where you can be with God, but also beware, or be aware that God can come to you. And remember to be faithful, be diligent, and give heed um, to the commandments that God has given us. So that's it for today, but of course we will end with our teaching tip, which today we're going to relate it back to our study tip. We tend to do that a lot, I think. Well, I like it that way. Yeah. I think it shows that you can always teach. Anyway, um, solving people's problems is a great way to teach. Whether you have a three-year-old that has not been getting along with a sibling, or you have adults that you're teaching that um, have bigger problems— um, show them that the, their problems can be solved in the scriptures. Help them see the scriptures as a solution to those problems. A teacher that I really respect um, always asks this question at the beginning of his lesson preparation. He says, what's broken that this scripture block can fix? What's broken in the lives of my students or what's broken in the lives of my children that this scripture block can, can fix? Mm -hmm. And it makes the scriptures like incredibly relevant. Mm -hmm. um, Another friend of mine, um, I should give shout outs. The teacher that did that was, was uh, Brother Hilton, Pete Hilton. And uh, the friend that taught me this is Peter Tolman, Brother Tolman. Um, the ironing board principle, and I can never remember how he said it, but the gist of it was, if you want to sell someone an ironing board, you have to show them that the ironing board you're selling them is 10 times better than the one uh, that they've already got in order for them to be interested in it. I think scriptures, teaching scriptures, or teaching the gospel works that same way. You wanna show people, help people see that what you're teaching is 10 times better than the current solutions they have in their life. Otherwise, they may not be interested. And sometimes that means understanding people enough to know what's broken so that you can help them see that the scriptures fix it. Thanks for being with us today and listening. You can find us on Instagram at Krista Joe Horton and Zach at millennial.mormon. We'd love to hear your feedback or comments or anything else. So catch us there. Thanks. Bye.